Welcome to Cowhorse, Full Contact by Ben Self, with host Chris Dawson and Russell Dilday. This episode is brought to you by Kimes Ranch Jeans out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Well, here we go again, Russell. Back at it right here in the garage. We got kicked out this time. We got kicked out this time. Yeah, thank you, coronavirus. We are uh, open-aired. And, uh, yeah, hanging out here in lovely Perrin, Texas. Beautiful day outside. And we are visited by Josh Briggs today. Josh Briggs is the 2018 high school finals champion in the Rain Cowhorse, 2019 shot world champion, and 2020 collegiate colt starting champion. So kind of an early rise to fame we haven't had a lot of youth kids here on the show we had a little uh, trail townsend so welcome and thanks for joining us yeah glad to be here thanks for having me you bet <laughs> not coming off of a late night <laughs> in the middle of a late night late in the yeah. middle of a late night yeah <laughs> it was all a blur <laughs> yeah the best job ben did the best job on that one <laughs> i don't know how long he had to edit a 20 minute conversation yeah. <laughs> two hours <laughs> two hours of editing <laughs> So rock on, man. Well, we're super pumped that you got to uh, roll in here and uh, just talk a little bit about, uh, for folks that don't know, your dad's a pretty esteemed all-around trainer uh, and your mom as well, right? Yep. yep. And, and so grew up doing that. So talk a little bit about uh, early life. I mean, it's pretty early already still. Yep. So uh, <laughs> I didn't really like to do it until I was about eight or nine. Both parents train horses. Uh, my older brother rides as well. And the younger brother didn't like it at all. Never has. When I was about eight or nine, I started to ride the all-around horses and pleasure horses with them. And um, did that until I was probably about 13. Decided that was not for me. And uh, started to rope with my older brother. at CR Bradley's a lot. We'd go up there, and he's the one that really taught us how to rope. So uh, both of us, we, we uh, junior high rodeoed, high school rodeoed, did that kind of deal. Uh, his freshman, uh, my brother's freshman year, he made nationals in team roping. I team roped and uh, breakaway throughout junior high and stuff. And then when I got into uh, high school, I did team roping in the cow horse. That was the first year that I had the cow horse was my freshman year. I get you. So right on, right on. You know, I think we can, I can relate a lot to you right there because like I said, it's kind of my trajectory also kind of started with the pleasure horses and it got off into the rope or some and then uh, got into uh, was now my passion. Cow horses. How old your older brother? He's uh, 23 now. And you're, I'm about to turn 20, 19. You're 20. Okay. So you guys were, you just hit it a year or two in the high school rodeo together. Team yeah. Open. Well, he was two years older grade wise than me. So oh. uh, we both had it all the time, but we did it together for a little while. So we were going to those rodeos together. Uh, I did the Texas high school rodeo through uh, my junior year through it. And then uh, my senior year, I went to Oklahoma and rodeoed there. Mm. Oh, right. So how'd, how'd that work? So, because I live in Denton, you know, um, pretty North Texas, and you can you can pretty much trade states and go wherever you want to. Uh, so, with that being up there, what we liked about that was it's uh, progressive. Like, so you, you go and, and all your rodeos add up. Where Texas is, you make that state finals and clean slate from there. Like, you get one bad cow, and right. especially the rope and stuff. I mean, in the cow horse, you can kind of, you know, if you can make stuff happen between the rain and the cow. But in the rope, and you draw one that doesn't leave very hard, and you break the barrier, and you're out. Yeah. And you're not going to make nationals. To where in the Oklahoma, you know, you, you miss one, it's okay. You keep going. you got 20 more rodeos to make nationals off of. 
Well, that's cool. Oh, I see. That's I interesting that there's different rules there. I didn't know that. That's, I didn't either. California I knew there was, was regions, and I thought that that was a lot of the reason why people will try and switch states because I think, because Texas has regionals, right? Yep. Texas has 10 regions and then the state finals from there. Yeah. And then California, I think has five districts is what they just split them up into. Yeah. And then they're the same thing. They have a state finals to decide who goes to nationals, but Oklahoma is just the whole state. So uh, I think there was a total of 12 different rodeos and two rodeos at every, every one. We went anywhere from uh, Woodward to Ardmore. So I'm looking at an hour drive from Denton to Ardmore or six hour drive all the way up to Woodward. So, uh, the driving is a little bit more, but we did like going to Oklahoma a lot for the high school radios. Huh. Hmm. I'll be darned. Yeah, California, I know, was a clean slate. Make the regionals mm-hmm. and you make state and then make nationals and state was as far as I got. So what events did you do in rodeo? Just roping? Um, I headed at, I never healed at the uh, high school radios, just headed all four years. I roped calves some and then I, uh, I cut one year and then did high school, uh, the cow horse all four years. Oh, all four, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, had you known about the cow horse before you saw it at high school rodeo? Yeah, just a little bit. You know, growing up doing the horse show stuff. My dad worked for Steve Metcalf when he was really? alive twenty five years ago. No kidding. And uh, that was back, you know, when everybody had all around horses. I mean, it wasn't just cow horse. And then when Steve decided to kind of make his business more just straight cow horse and rainers, my dad ended up going out on his own and taking some of those all around clients that Steve didn't want to handle anymore. And that's kind of, kind of how he started his own business on his own. Huh. Heck of a deal. Hey, so explain the all around a little bit because we have, you know, hundreds of thousands of listeners. And some right. of like at least your means. mom yeah. and my mom. At least. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So what they do is they specialize in um, slower horses, pleasure stuff. And they take those two and three-year-olds from the pleasure pen and they move them on to Western riding, trail, horsemanship, showmanship, uh, uh, really, it's a lot about the non-pros. I mean, that's a, that's big there, helping those non-pros in the horsemanship and showmanship. And uh, that's kind of where my parents' business was really specialized. They did a really good job giving lessons and stuff like that. But my, my dad also liked showing the trail horses and the and the Western riders a lot, too. Yeah, so. no, I always thought if I had to uh, do a slow event, that Western riding, mm-hmm. that's the deal. I mean, them things lope for real. You know, I mean, like they've got to be, they've got to lope just as strong, Russell, as a or one of ours circling. Mm. Like me and mom were talking about it the other day because she does that's the same stuff she does um, in the Appaloosa deal. But I mean, I'm like, listen, like I know that they get some of that stuff on them pleasure horses. You watch them pleasure horses and them things are loping sideways down that rail. And I mean, and it's all just kind of an illusion is, I mean, that you're I grew up showing in it. And so yeah. I have the utmost respect for them guys, but they've sacrificed the movement and it's hard to even make a pleasure horse into a Western rider. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it's mm-hmm. so tightened down. I mean, it's kind of like trying to go down the fence on a cutting horse. Mm. You know, it just, mm. it takes a fair bit. And some of them transition easy and, but some of them don't. Mm-hmm. It's not really, you know, it's not my niche. It's not what I love to do, but I can really respect. And I learned a lot through getting those horses broke because they have to be so broke. Cause if you, if you pick up your hands and you're, you're holding the bridle reins, you're, you're probably not going to place that day. You got to have a lot of leg control, and that horse just be really broke doing it on his own. Mm. Yeah, I feel like it benefited me a ton, kind of coming through that. As far as the things that I am comfortable doing on a horse mm-hmm. without having to pull on them, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, just, I mean, I, I talked, I used to give my lessons like I was like uh, trying, well, I may use the analogy of like you were riding a wave, <laughs> like, and if you were a stiff rock and that mm-hmm. wave hits it, that wave's, wave's going to break. But mm-hmm. if you can get a hold of that wave, you can manipulate it and you can slow it down or speed it up. 
lengthen it out, shorten it down. I mean, it's it's incredible the things them guys do. My uncle trains uh, a lot of trail horses up there in Whitesboro and Butch Campbell, and like he'll talk about now just shorten that stride up three inches. Mm. What? <laughs> You're outside your mind. I'm gonna walk over this bridge, and he's like, no, no, no. Where's he? You got to think about where that foot lands before he gets to that bridge. Like it's insane, like how precise them horses' footwork is. Wow. Russell, for crying out loud, it's early in the morning, and you're, you got to be kidding me. Get off the phone. Social networking. This is social distancing, not networking. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> that was a present. So, anyhow, do you feel like that, that stuff, are you able to apply some of that stuff when you oh, get on your couch? Oh, yeah, for sure, and I still, I ride them quite a bit today. I mean, Dad's got the full barn still, and Mom and Dad both do, and so... You know, I'm out there all day, every day with them, riding their horses, riding mine, and, and kind of taking what I can and applying it to mine, just getting them broker to where I feel like I can use a lot of my feet and I don't have to use my hands, and I'm not telling on myself when my horse is doing something wrong, you know, right. and trying to hide some stuff. Do they get uh, jealous of you getting to go fast on your horses? Oh, no, so actually yesterday I, I let my dad take my bridle horse down the fence for the first time, and I'm trying to get him ready to show at that battle and saddle deal. Well, well he's I, he's uh, kind of... He, Acted like he was going to do that for yeah. us a couple of times, uh, and he keeps uh, maybe keeps weakening on us. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know when we're having it now with this whole coronavirus. <laughs> right. you know, maybe maybe twenty twenty four. John, we're calling you out, John Briggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, first time down the fence, hits two big turns each way, gets circled up, and uh, makes it look easy. I don't know something I've been trying to do for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they say old age and treachery will overcome youth and exuberance. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So is the high school rodeo the first time you compete in the cow horse? Yep. That was the first time I did it. Uh, I loped a rope horse through at the first one to get qualified for state. And then I showed a, uh, a Starlight's Wrangler that I bought from Steve Metcalf as a rope horse. And uh, that was my first rope horse and kind of taught me a lot and ended up showing him in the, in the cow horse there at state for the first year, my freshman year. We were fifth, four go to nationals. So a little tough luck. Uh, then the next year, I, uh, I get a horse from Dan and Rhonda Simmons up in their Guth, from Guthrie, Oklahoma. And Brad Lund had ridden him a little bit. And um, Marilyn Peters and stuff. It's the horse I still show now. And he was a, he's just been a great horse. The whole youth career, he's been really good. Just solid, consistent. And uh, we won all three go rounds the next year at State, at the Texas State. And then the, even the year after that, we won two of them, I think. And we won Texas State both years there. Right. And what's that horse's name? Uh, SV Whiskey Whiz. It's the one I've showed out throughout the pretty much my whole youth bridal career at all these cow horse shows and stuff. I got you. I got you. And where did he come from? Uh, oh, what, so, I mean, no, Brad had him, but where, Brad had I mean, him some. Do you know, remember who bred him or anything like that? Um, I, you know, I think uh, I think they said he went through the reigning fraternity sale with Stacy Westfall. Like, oh, really? Come through that way. They bought uh, Dan and Rhonda Simmons bought him to rope on as a three as a two or three year old, and they kind of had him that time they showed him some as a junior horse and i bought him when he was eight uh-huh. they had him that whole time between that there they sent him to maryland peters to do the start the cow horse on and then brad a little bit to rope on and that kind of stuff and then uh i bought him when he's eight mainly as a head horse to get through high school on to head on sure and i knew he had done the cow horse a little bit and that was kind of plus with the high school rodeos starting to add that cow horse in but mainly just a head horse to because he was a good one like he was real good scored good run good faced hard and he could get me through my whole entire high school career to team rope on and the cow horse was just a plus that's cool that's mm-hmm. cool we're really trying to starting to see a lot more of uh, 
that crossover, hmm. you know, from them cow horses being able to go change to change events and things like that. And so that's a really cool story. It's funny how many times Marilyn Peters gets brought up too. And then mm-hmm. when you talk about making bridle horses, you know, I mean, maybe not somebody that everybody knows, but uh, she lives up there in Edmond, I think, Oklahoma. And she's been around her and her daughter, Jamie, and they do a whale of a job training mm-hmm. them horses. Yeah, they do everything. They judge, they yep. train, they non-pro, all of it, tons of it. And uh, Steve's been a pretty big influence all around, too. Oh, man. You, Forever. It's like, I mean, it's amazing how many lives that guy's touched. Yeah. Right? And through yeah. this cow horse deal. I mean, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Steve's been a huge part of just teaching me everything there is to know about what I know so far. And uh, and then he he was a huge part because he let me show the next horse the next year at um, the high school rodeos, which was Ricochet Shine. Carter Metcalf had him for a while. He showed him through the Hackmore and the bridle and stuff. And then Steve got him from there. We worked at a deal, and I showed him some in the youth bridle. And, and then I took him up to nationals that next year in 2018. And that was a horse that really helped me win that deal up there. Just a great horse. Could really run. That was a big open arena up there in Rock Springs, Wyoming. And oh, yeah. That, that's just, Western right there. Yeah. Yeah, it takes it to a whole nother level up there, and it is so much fun. And when you have a horse that you know you can can run and go get a cow, it is it's something else. Fun place to be. Yeah, <laughs> that's a cool pen. That gum. I mean, it's cool because it's so rustic. Okay, I mean, it's just like panels out there next to the highway. Nice. <laughs> have you been up there, Russell? Nope. Oh, I'm telling you, and that wind get to whooping across there. We were there at the finals the first year, and that storm, there was a storm rolling in. It was about half rainy, and wind was blowing up our backs, and we're <laughs> turning cows in and out. I was like, man, I hope that speed bonus is in effect. <laughs> <laughs> really fast one way, really slow. <laughs> right. If you lose your hat, yeah, just let it go. You're not going to find it. <laughs> It'll be in Douglas before you get there. Yeah. <laughs> I think the first year they had that deal up there, I think it was 15. My brother made it. So it was my freshman year, I was fifth at state, and, and my brother was second. And uh, we go up there, and they don't know what Cow Horse is. Like, this is the first year to have this thing there. And this arena was not ready. The panels were too small. Nothing was good. Two cows jumped out and went running down the highway. One to the golf course and one they caught in the Walmart parking lot. We were wondering about that because that was the year we did the clinic. And we're like, it's okay for this clinic, but they stay in hot pursuit into that corner. And I bet something's going to jump out this week. And we brought that to their attention. And apparently they didn't do anything about it. Nope, they did not do anything about it until later on. (laughs) Whatever. When I came back for the short go, I was like, man, they got panels up around these ends a little higher. <laughs> so what, in, when you were in high school rodeo and the cow horse came, tell me a little bit about how the other kids in high school rodeo, I mean, you had seen it a little bit, but there's a lot of kids there that had never seen it, mm-hmm. hadn't been around it. What was the... So for me, it was a little different because I had rodeoed so much and I knew so many of those kids mm-hmm. that they kind of took me serious. You know, like I was one of their friends and they and they kind of took me serious. But at first it was those those other just rodeo kids did not take some of those other cow horse kids real serious. But when they really got to see it and that grew the first few years and, and all of a sudden this is a great class at this nationals every year. These other kids start showing up to watch and it really turns into a great event. And uh, I know people like Morgan Holmes and stuff that were in high school right before me, and they were a big part, and her dad was a big, her grandpa was a big part of getting this to there. 
And they were pretty bummed because they didn't get to do it. And a few of those Josh Valdez, Morgan Holmes that were just right there before me, they, they graduated before they could do it. But, yeah, like the first few years, some of those other rodeo kids, you know, this isn't a rodeo event. It shouldn't count towards the all-around. But sure enough, here these past few years, I've seen some some good rodeo, only rodeo kids at rope and team rope, rope calves. They got cow horses now that they want to do it on. They're trying to compete and do it at a high level. That's but, excellent. Yeah, that's the – and I think that's the whole uh, – purpose behind that whole deal i you know mm-hmm. is why we were tried to push that so hard to get get that uh, incorporated mm-hmm. the whole goal and there'll be a ton of i think a ton of crossover training between the rope horses calf horses and the cow horse oh for all sure. of it you know for just sure. uh so much in the barrel horses also yeah so take us from the high school deal to get us into college now did you go wh- what college did you go to so I'm going to North Central Texas College. In Gainesville. College in Gainesville. Yep. yep still there. Uh, my, uh, that, that summer, my senior year, I started looking at a few schools. I looked at Tech and thought about going there. And, and I just decided with Gainesville being as close as it is, and that was the place for me to go. Uh, my first year, I was really lucky to have a great team. You know, uh, Sean, uh, uh, Rietta Dufarina was on that team, Sawyer Sanders. You had a, uh, Jillian Nixon, a few other really good riders, had some nice horses. And we were really competitive that year. Had a lot of fun doing it. That that whole deal is is great. I I won the Shot World and the Non Pro that first year. That the first show we went to, uh, it was a little bit of a challenge because I was also college rodeoing. So, oh no, kidding! That's a full plate. Yeah, that's a full time. Oh, that's ten rodeos. So we got we, in in two semesters. I've got ten rodeos plus. I'm trying to get to the college stock course shows and. I think I missed two of the stock horse shows, and they weren't real happy with me. But, but we then I skipped a few college rodeos too to try to just balance things out. Now, did, what was your priority there? Did you were you on scholarship for either one of those? Yep, they gave really good scholarships, and especially now we for the a, ranch horse team or yep, for both. It, both. For both, you over yep. oh, no kidding. Yep, both yes. both uh, teams there give great scholarships, and it's in a great location with a lot of good ropers, a lot of good horsemen around there. You can do a lot, and learn a lot. Uh, Coach Loose, Kathy Loose, there been outstanding yeah she's been there a few years she's she's four three or four years now clayton Woodley's daughter and she's a uh, she's done a great job recruiting finding the right kids and i mean we're out there four days a week we ride those horses and she's there watching making sure stuff stays sharp we're doing good and and i mean it's a smaller group i think we have 10 kids on the team this year yeah and but it's it's nice still like the smaller group's almost nicer you tech you know they have somewhere around 40 kids on that team and they're all good. And Justin does a great job there at Tech. But having the less kids is kind of easier to keep an eye on some people and, and give more time to some of those little bit uh, lower kids and see them progress. And sure. I, I know just in there, the two years I've been there now, I've seen people come in that barely can lope a horse around. And all of a sudden, they're competitive. And they're showing and they're doing good. No, Kathy's a great teacher. We trained out of the same place there in uh, Whitesboro for, shoot, I don't know, two years. Her and her husband, mm-hmm. Van. Yep, and we all were there at the JAA right there off 82. And so, yeah, I've known them a long time, and they're awesome. Awesome people and great horsemen, great coaches. I mean, it's – yeah, that's a that's a rare that's a rare thing sometimes to find. You know, you mentioned Justin Stanton up there at mm-hmm. Tech. I mean, that guy's doing a really good job, and he's uh, trying to – he actually called me the other day talking about trying to, if we ever have horse shows again, doing some kind of a little, like, uh, show intern deal. Yeah. And told him, man, yeah, that'd be great. And I think – you know, be cool to get him on here. But, uh, yeah, no, when you can go get with 
a, a coach of that caliber in one in that setting, man alive, you know, because I mean, kind of the general adage is those that do do and those that can't teach. Well, that's not the case, you know, anymore. Mm-hmm. There's getting to be more and more of them coaches that are very, very good at what they do and very successful at what they do. And then just whatever happens that they end up going that direction. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, kids are lucky to have them. Look how much they've, um, you know, just in our past interviews with Lamar College, turning out so many people that didn't know anything about it, go get in a program, and then it becomes your life. Right. Yeah. Because of the help that those coaches are given. Yeah, and you'd be remiss, I think, in uh, talking about college programs without, uh, I mean, the trailblazer there would have been Dale Wilkinson there at Finley. You know, and mm-hmm. how many of them guys, Crawford and them guys that come out of there. And, and speaking of C.R. Bradley, mm-hmm. uh, his dad was up there for years. Yep, Clark and, was up there for a long time. Yeah. So. And Cal Poly out at um, out there on the West Coast, tons of those trainers went through there. Yeah. Hey, Mike Lund texted me the other day and said how much he enjoyed these podcasts, oh, too. Yeah. Sweet. So, yeah, that was cool. Cool mm-hmm. to hear from him. Russell, I got some exciting news. We got us some cool stuff coming from Kimes Ranch Jeans. They're going to be a. Uh, providing us with some stuff we can give away to our listeners that's awesome hopefully that'll make them look as good as you well (laughs) you can only wish you could only wish (laughs) we gotta take a shot man we gotta take a shot give them a shot (laughs) (laughs) yeah no these they're great jeans i mean they're really getting out there promoting the western lifestyle all over the place before the world's greatest this year a group of us went down to key west florida for uh, the Mile Zero Fest, little Texas music festival in the beautiful Florida Keys. And it was a phenomenal time. And that whole event was sponsored by Kimes Ranch Jeans. I mean, they had a heck of a showing down there. It was a good time. You hey, missed it. So they're not just promoting cow horses. They're promoting the Western lifestyle across the nation. Across the board. I'm telling you, they're looking to take over the world. They're unbelievable, you know, and they're just, uh, they're great jeans made in America by Americans for Americans. I'm going to tell you what, you want to uh, be comfortable out here, uh, whether you're uh, riding your horse or uh, going to a concert and you want to look good being comfortable. You get into these contrast jeans, they're unbelievable. Number one, made in American for Americans. If you're not sure what we're talking about, they're the brand with the horns. Check it out. Pretty cool stuff. Matt and Amanda Kimes, super, super, super proud to have them on our team and uh, just going the same direction. And like I say, just promoting this lovely Western lifestyle that we all live and love. Thank you. Thank you very much. So the 2020 Collegiate Colt Starting... Now, do you get entered there through the college? Or so the way that worked was it, they did it with Shot World. Jill Dunkel was a big part of their combination there. Um, they took the top two teams from the Division One, and then the, sec- the first-place team from Division Two. So the way they decide divisions is if you can fill all your spots, two novices, two limiteds, and two non-pros. And that's the, the boxing, box drive box, and down the fence. If you have a full team for that, you're Division One. If you don't fill the full team, you don't have the, the non-pros to go down the fence, they'll put you in Division Two with just the two boxers and your two uh, box drive box and the limiteds. And uh, Tech had a great show. They won first and second. But the way they decided things is they counted Tech as one school and they weren't going to send two Tech teams that deal. And uh, we ended up – we were a little shaky the first day there. It's a two – you show all the four events twice there at that shot world, the trail, the pleasure, the fence work, and the raining. And uh, it was a little shaky the first day. We had some younger riders that were good, but they just needed to learn and some experience. And that was the first show we got to that year. 
the second day we come back and we we won the second day beat tech on both teams and um, had a good day and that was enough to put us up to third right behind tech's second team so when they decided that tech counts being first and second they count as one team they sent us as that second team from division uh division one to that cold starting deal that road to the horse deal that they put on sure right huh mm. And so, how many of the students from that team were in on the Colts starting? Um, so, two of us were on the team from the semester before, me and Addison Couts. She was on it. And then uh, we got another kid named Caden Hernandez. He came in over the winter break, and he was the other, the other team member on there. I got you. So, three of you from There's NCTC three, three started, yep. started a Colt yep. uh, during the Fort Worth Stock Show. During the Fort Worth Stock Show, we had, I think it was four rounds, and the – Three rounds we could ride them. Well, actually, two rounds we could ride them. The first round, you could only saddle them. That's it. Couldn't get on their back. Um, round two and three, we could get on. And round four, you have to do an obstacle horse. Take them through that and do the pleasure pattern and break all their gates and stuff. And that was a wild deal. Pretty fun. <laughs> Pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, my wife, she's done that a couple times there at the, with the road to the horse. And I went and watched. I was out there and watched my father-in-law do it one year. Who I think judged you. Yep. Richard you uh, yep. Richard Winters was a judge, and then Craig Cameron and uh, Barbara Schulte. Oh, right. Oh, wow. That's a pretty uh, impressive group and panel of judges right yeah. there. Yeah, it's something else to see them guys get. I'm talking to Russell. Have you, did you ever watch any of that Road of the Horse when it was, when Tootie was doing it? No. Dude, I'm going to tell you what. I don't, I don't have a horse in the barn that goes to this obstacle course. Like, that's been in training for three years, I don't think. I mean, there's the craziest stuff. Stuff. Sometimes. At the, oh, my goodness. I don't know how in-depth the all's obstacle course they, was. They did but, a pretty good job. They yeah. did. They lowered it down just a little bit for us. But. <laughs> when I was there, I think Nick Dowers won it that year, and there was a mystery obstacle. And he Nick was the only one that got to it. And you had to ride up to this big cylinder that was in the middle of the arena. You'd kind of done all your other obstacles around it. And as you were rode up to it, the door opened and this Darth Vader looking thing rolled out like hissing smoke. I was like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I, like, I don't even know if I want something that stays around for this. Right. <laughs> I was scared and I was in the stands. Get me out. Get <laughs> right. me out of here. So, yeah, it's insane the things that they, you know, that, that and them Colts would take. It's, yeah. Yeah. But it was fun. I mean, it's just a cool deal. We started off and. We drew from a hat, and then they let us walk through these six fillies that they picked out there from the sixes for us. And uh, we kind of we – we won the drawing. We, we, number three, they picked us from a hat. Lowest one goes first, and we were number three, first to go, and then the other two teams picked five and six. So we go out there and look through these fillies, and we picked out one pretty fast that we liked. She was a wagon stake out of a tough and busy mare, just kind of ranch bred off the sixes there, but she was pretty, looked quiet, good-minded. Something that'll kind of get through that whole deal that you're throwing so much at them so fast. So they, they get all these fillies moved in the round pin. And the other two that we didn't really like too much are standing in the middle of the round pins quiet, and ours is trying to jump out. <laughs> <laughs> and we're that. like, uh oh. Good, good picking. Yeah. It's good. You're right. Looks aren't everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I, the three of you start this one cult? Or? Yeah. Okay. Three okay. Of us okay. Start okay. One cult. I got you. So you kind of rotate through there. That was the deadest part. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Like I would have been way more comfortable myself and the horse. Yeah. And just or just there. watching somebody else do it. <laughs> <laughs> here's your, here's your altar. <laughs> but the three person deal was hard because you, you push these horses to a point that you, I mean, you're trying to do a lot and, and, a total of four hours and then you hand it off to your partner and you hope they, they do the same thing you kind of had in your head and i was we were real good we had 
and two other teammates on there that I really trusted. And I was really happy with what they could do. But it's still hard because you have, you have your goals and your thought process and what you want to do with this Philly, and you don't quite know if they're on the same page as you is not, or not. And I didn't know that that was part of it. Man, that wow. would be – I mean, not to mention, no matter the quality of your teammate, but just to – you build that rapport when you're starting a cult, and that horse – you know, you build that relationship with them, and now you just mm-hmm. chuck somebody else in the mix. There, now they got well, – oh, is, is this a whole new tiger coming after me? Yeah. Son that's of a, a gun. That's something. Wow. Yeah. Like, is that video? I need to go watch that, I think. Because, I mean, <laughs> I now think I'm that, really I think the Cowboy Channel has it on video there. We were trying to find it when they're going to play it again, and we missed it the first time they did. But I'd like to see it again. I haven't even got to watch it myself. Right. Yeah, I didn't get to, like, like say, I, I made one round when Richard did it. Did the, we rode the horse out there. And other than that, I mean, I think I saw a half a round that Sarah did. I was in Las Vegas. But, uh, yeah, so I haven't got to see much of that stuff. So. Now, it's pretty you know, I used to, I judged at Fertuti Bland in Sacramento one year. And, man, there is some cool stuff those guys pull off in a short amount of time. And it was a, it was a Mustang one, but just like you're talking. Because it's not just that the three of you are starting a horse. You're starting them in an arena with a whole bunch of people watching. Right. Like you're not in a round <laughs> pin all by yourself. Out in the woods. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, there's a lot. There's a lot there. You're in a fishbowl. <laughs> It's something else. And, you know, the guys that I've talked to that have done that, they say it's funny that the horses will just almost glaze over. And it's shocking how much they'll let you do. Like, once you kind of get them, get the egg cracked. Now, from what I've seen of it, though, a guy would want to be real careful buying one out of there. But because that horse went through that obstacle course, doesn't mean that it's probably ready to go ranch work <laughs> on day four. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you might want to go home and maybe touch up on them first three days again. Yeah. yeah, you learn a lot of stuff <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's true because at, the, at another deal I did, um, I was a commentator at one where they started a bunch of horses. started, I don't know, there were uh, 20, 40 head of horses, three-year-olds, and same thing with the crowd and all the stuff and all the things you think, hey, don't do that while I'm starting this horse. Well, it was all going on. Some people are using tarps, like Josh is saying, the switching mm-hmm. off. The round bins are all right next to each other, and one guy's using a whip, other guy's using tarps. I mean, everybody just has to get along with it in the crowd, and then they had a drone flying over. Oh. Them horses <laughs> them horses just get used to it all. Yeah. Uh, just kind of like you say, glaze over, but you don't you don't know that when you go home and lay them off a week, it might be a whole new... <laughs> yeah, maybe not just saddle them and step on there. <laughs> right. You just think about it for a minute. <laughs> yeah, a lot to it. So what about, um, Josh, what about the uh, going back to the high school rodeo a little bit and um, what did the junior World's Greatest Horseman, what was that like for you when it came out? Other than nationals, it was probably the most fun I've ever had shown horse. That was so much fun. We we've kind of we knew about it for probably half a year before it. Just the talk of it was going to happen. So I know me kids like me, Garrett Lund, Trevor Hale. You know we were all looking forward to it. And then uh, it kind of got closer and it was more real. And that first year we got to do it, and it was just so much fun to to back in that box and rope the steer and and to get to go out of the herd. Something that us you kids don't get to do all that much. I mean you, we just got to use bridle. We're just we're going raining and going down the fence. So something different deal to do and something we have so much fun watching every year and watching you guys get to do it and do the world's greatest so 
something just to, just enough to hold us off until we're a little older, be able to do it on our and the real deal. So that was it was a lot of fun. And but, w- what about the talk of the Junior World's Greatest within the? And no, it's it's only been two years, but what did that do in the high school rodeo circles, especially within the circle of people who just high school rodeoed? I know more- for sure, like I, half the competitors this year. We're strictly from the cow from the high school radios, like yeah, that's right. Shayla Boyce, and you know, or I know Robbie shows a lot, but Shayla doesn't come to the cow horses right. too much. Nope. Doing them high school radios, and she comes, she enters it. Uh, Manny Canapilly, uh, Trey Mitchell, all those guys. Pierce Wold, he does a lot of the high school radios. Over half of them, not if they didn't strictly do the cow horse, they at the high school radios, they did do it some at least. Trevor Hale, I mean, he's going to be really good, and not only the cow horse at the high school radios, but the calf roping and the team roping. Mm-hmm. Somebody that rodeo is really good. Um, so yeah, that high school rodeo had a big impact on the the junior. Yeah, that's greatest. wicked to see them kids coming over. Like say, like mm-hmm. the Trevor Hales and you know Shayla, and I mean, there's a bunch of them that like say to see them come and be able to compete on that stage in our deal. Man, I mean, how cool is that? You mm-hmm. know, and be able to take that back and you know make the rodeo horses better too. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, fun. It is. It, it's fun. See all the youth, and so it takes a class at, uh, or a show that we used to be able to struggle to get twenty five people in, twenty five horses in. Now we've got fifty in the open and twenty in the junior. That's seventy head of horses and people that think they can do it. Four and, events, uh, yeah, and you know that all the high school rodeo junior, the I'm sorry, all the junior world's greatest kids are wanting to go in the real one. Mm-hmm. So. In the future, I just see it growing and growing and growing. Yeah. No, it was. So I was in high school when they, the first year that they called it the world's greatest horseman, right? Like, so as they were starting to advertise that, I was in high school. I was like, man, how cool is that? I can do four, man. Surely. Right? I mean. Yeah. It's easy. <laughs> Nothing to it. I've done all four. <laughs> no problem. I've worked a flag. but wow what an eye-opener when i went there but but like say but just that age group man you just get so heck yeah let's enter up well the only way you learn how to do stuff is dive in there and do it you know yeah like i mean that's kind of been my deal like you want to learn how to swim it's like john wayne and hondo throw you in the river yeah get to the other side all of a sudden Mm -hmm. no that's super cool so talk a little bit I mean, uh, to go back a little more, what was it like growing up in that horse train family with your brother doing it and your mom and dad doing it and just being a way of life? Um, that's all we did every day. We didn't go to school. Like, we were all homeschooled, but we didn't do it that much. We, we were just out there at the barn all day. <laughs> so what's, uh, what's two times two? I'm not sure. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's four, but I can't tell you for sure. <laughs> Well, I will tell you, I'm glad I went to a little bit of school because, uh, yeah, that math is uh, very important in horse training. Yeah. (laughs) That whole computer work comes in handy. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard to make them truck payments. Well, right now with the homeschool, you're the wave of the future, not the the oddity. Everybody's everybody's got to do a little now. I'm used to this, yeah. We did school. I, I went to school thousand fifth grade. And then from there on, we were homeschooled. We had a, a teacher that came out a couple times a week that helped us until I was in high school. And then they kept helping my cousins and my brother, my my younger brother. And then from there, I kind of, I did it on my own online on the computer. And I got a, I mean, I did what I could and did some, but 
the horses were priority. We would go down the barn every day. Now, was that just a private tutor or was that a, a company that did nope, that? No, that was a private tutor that actually we hired from the school that I was going to before. The school that I was going to before had closed down and they'd moved away. And so that teacher was still just around there working and needed a job. So she came out and she'd help us a couple times a week. And and uh, there was five of us, three my three cousins and my younger brother. And we'd all go meet up for a few hours a day and, and go work on some school. So how did you find her? I mean, did I mean... You knew that she was available, or yeah. I mean, so she was my brother's third grade teacher, uh-huh. and so they known her a little bit, and they liked her, and always got along with her through him. I guess I was just asking in case there's somebody else out there in that yeah, same boat that's wanting, you know, made to do something similar, and how they could find some the resources to do that. So it, it worked out really well for us when we were going to a private uh, academy in in Salina, Texas, and about 15, 20 minute drive from Pilot Point. When that closed down we kind of we went around asking hello yes sir that was a little thunder right there yeah maybe it is gonna rain (laughs) (laughs) it might might not miss us yeah it might not miss us Uh, but yeah so when that school decided to to close down and they were going to move i think they moved a few towns over and and started something new we went ahead and asked that, that lady if she would like to to come come tutor us privately at home she worked it out and she had other, another job and stuff, but that she, a couple times a week she'd come out there and help us, and it really was great because I don't think I would have stayed on track when I was that young doing it by myself. My parents aren't, aren't teachers. They're, they're at the barn working horses every day, so if I didn't have somebody in there making sure I did it, I probably wouldn't have done it. Yeah, my wife did independent study, and she was like, you would have not succeeded No, <laughs> independent no. study. I'm, it's hard enough. I hear them. Pigs and snorting and stuff around there. I'm liable to abort mission on training horses and go get a rifle yeah. and head to the woods. Yeah. <laughs> Come back. We'll, we'll just be here a little later tonight. Y'all. I mean, even now doing online school at college, I mean, we got all week to do our homework. 11.59 on Sunday night. And there I am at 11 o'clock starting. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. What's your future look like? I'm going to go train horses. That's the plan. I want to go work for somebody after I get out of school. I'll graduate this fall. Um, had, did an extra semester because I have 30 horses this year. Want to stay in on pro through that, so just worked out well to stay in school and do that. So this will be your first fraternity horse. First fraternity horse. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm um, I'm having a lot of fun doing it. I bought him last year in March and wasn't started then, so I've taken him from the start to now. Just so, been, what in school have you? What classes have you taken that you think is going to help you in the horse training? Oh, that's that's a great part about NCTC is that. Uh, half of my classes every semester are, are horseback. Like, we're out there working horses all day. Sure. We even have one this semester that we used to get ready for that colt starting deal that we had three two-year-olds donated, and we started colts. Mm. Like, that was great. Hands-on, and especially with those two other uh, teammates of mine for that deal to kind of get a feel for each other's styles and, and learn what we like to do. And so I could kind of know when I hand this horse off, what's he going to do? Yeah. And I'm, I'm, glad headsets, I'm glad these headsets have got uh, rubber on them. <laughs> special guest, Mother Nature. <laughs> Chiming in on Josh. Briggs. Yeah, find you, find you another podcast that's got thunder in the background. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Out yeah, in the elements. I, I could know, I could trust each one of those, Addie and Caden on that team, to what I was going to do when I hand that cult off. And that's just another bonus of going to a, a smaller school like that in, in Gainesville that we can do that. We can... We can do those hands-on classes, and every single day, I, I'm majoring in equine science, so every single one of my classes, besides a couple core classes, are all equine classes. I got 
the science class itself and then our training class, which was the Colt starting deal. And then every, every semester I take a, uh, they call it a ranch horse riding, but it's our equine stock horse team practice. And it's, it counts as hours. Like, so it's part of, part of going to school there. No kidding. So that's and nice. so w- what about the other half of the classes? Uh, they're math and stuff like that, but it really, I mean, they work with you good there. Is good. there any kind of a ranch management class? Yep, they have a ranch management uh, program that they have there. I decided to do the equine, just something I was a little more interested in, but they do. They have a ranch management program. They have a whole cattle um, agriculture deal. So they can, they really cover a lot there. There's a lot to do. It's a, it's a good school. I've really enjoyed being there, and it's small enough for me. I can't get lost on campus, you know. Like, I don't know if I could have handled a big school like Tech or A&M, and, and it's, it's been good for me. Yeah, what about, is. like, um, any courses that help you run your books and stuff? Yep, so equine, there's an equine business class. There's an ag business class. I've taken both those, and they've talked a lot about, about that kind of stuff. And then you can even take more. You can go take accounting classes if you really want to get into that side of things and, and major in something like that instead. Maybe you don't want to do anything to do with agriculture or equine. You want to learn something else in, in college. But it's so important and something I, I've learned that to get that degree. I'm going to just do the associates. I'm going to go on and go work for somebody. But at least I have that started and I have that degree because these those jobs, like like being a coach there at one of those schools, they you have to have a degree to go back and work at a college. And later on in life, like I was talking to my coach about, Coach Luce there, it's just it's been a great job for her. She still has a few horses. Van still has a few horses. But that's what she does full time now for the most part. And it's she loves working with those kids and all of us. And, and she has a lot of fun doing it. And plus it's a salary that – she doesn't have to worry about which horses are coming in and out that month. All right. Yeah. Do they have anything as far as is the math and everything is, you know, the business side of it is not easy, but probably one of the biggest challenges for me was figuring out the public relations side of it on how to talk to people and how mm-hmm. to talk to businesses, how to talk to sponsors, how to talk to customers, how to talk to employees. That has been a big learning curve for me. And I don't didn't know if they were implementing any of that. So they don't have a ton of, of classes that strictly do that but the great thing about it is every year at the beginning of the semester we have what they call uh, equine days and they invite a whole bunch of past alumni that went to school there and they just get these students and these and these businesses connected with each other and then like our, our repo repro class that i'm taking this year is if we didn't have the coronavirus taking over it we would be on farms right now and, mm. and doing internships every day for, instead mm. of class hours uh-huh so you can mm. they get you out into the into the world and seeing other businesses there that it's something that they can do because they have smaller classes. You're only looking at 10 to 15 people in each class. So they have connections there that they can call up these breeding farms and other stuff like that. And they can get you internships to get out there, start making a name for yourself, start getting to know people. Yeah, I know that was a big thing for me. I mean, I had thought about the public speaking side of it, you know, uh, uh, to a degree, but I hadn't thought much about how to, uh, relate to and communicate with your employees like that's a uh, wow I mean you're talking like I mean I've got I'll have three or four people working for me and everyone's got a different personality just like the horses so I have to address each one of them differently and and unlike a horse you just get on okay I'm gonna work with this one now and I get myself into this frame of mind and communicate with that horse the best I can well with my assistants I have to be able to go instantly from one to the other, maybe at the same time, and have be talking to one in one tone on one end of the arena and talk to another one in a whole nother tone tone on the other end of the arena. Because how you teach one, you don't teach the other. Mm-hmm. And son of a gun, that 
Wow. 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 <laughs> That's a bridge. Yeah, I mean, and then nobody prepare me for that. No. And, yeah. it's be, and it's tough. That one is tough, but at least getting the exposure, not only are the, is the college taking these guys out to the world, but it sounds like with the alumni, they're bringing the, the world in. Mm-hmm, too. For sure. And yeah. those people are... I would say being on a team also having to deal with the different personalities on For a team, sure, yeah. maybe not in an authoritative yeah. role, but in that role of, okay, I, how do I get along with this person versus yep. that person? Because that's a big thing for assistants too, is to be able to get along with your fellow assistants. Yeah. Well, and the, one of the fat, one of the best ways to learn how to talk to be to someone is to be the person being talked to first. <laughs> right. You know, you know what it's like to be on the other side. Being mm-hmm. in a, uh, being the, the, the worker and knowing what it was like to have a boss talk to you really helps you when you become the boss and you know what right. it was like to be over there on that side. Well, you know it, but sometimes you yeah, it takes a minute. It, it takes a minute. Moment. And there's a whole bunch of things those guys, those alumni are coming in and telling Josh here <laughs> that they're just kind of rolling through there now. But in about five to seven years, he's like, oh, Right. That's what they meant. Yeah, about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a, yeah, like I say, you know, we just try and share our own personal struggles on this podcast. <laughs> so it's a therapeutic. <laughs> yeah. But what a cool place it sounds like to go and get a leg, especially for someone like Josh mm-hmm. that feels like this is what, this is where I'm going. And this is a good place to get there. Right. No, absolutely. The yeah. courses, the colleges, uh, the cow horse and even the, all the riding in general, yeah, there's getting to sure. be more avenues to it. Than, sure. than yeah, and the more was. anytime you can go in that situation too and be able to ride multiple different horses, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. get around different ones, you know, because I see a lot of that with the youth kids. So I say their folks buy them this super nice horse and they're super successful. And then they go off and like, they can't get on anything else, mm. you know? And so that's super, super neat that they're, uh, giving you that exposure well and for the cow horse now you have all these places to compete with the high school rodeo then the college and then the junior world's greatest and um, there's a lot there there's a lot there to go get tested in before you even have to go enter the world's greatest yeah yeah and they, they do all those stuff through those stock horse associations like shot and uh, uh, yep. asha and stuff and and that's a fun deal to go do all that and do the do all four events, the trail, the pleasure, the the reining and the cow work. And my again back to my background with my parents being the all around trainers, that's kinda of helped me a little bit doing that and having a feel for the trail and stuff on, on the normal trail horses and western riders and then you put that onto your ranch horse, your cow horse and, and you kinda of just combine the two. All the shot stuff is mm-hmm. fun. It's a, it's a great deal. crowd, great avenue for a lot of those horses that, you know, aren't maybe the best horse you've ever ridden, but they still have a place in that yeah. shot stuff. And, and if they're quiet and they're broke and they do their job they're they'll be fine there. Yeah. It's awesome, man. Well, we sure appreciate you for joining us. Yeah, thank and, you all for having and, me. Yeah. And thank you again for uh, chauffeuring young Ben around. Yeah. Always. <laughs> Gotta get <laughs> these places. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll see what this weather's going to do here. Maybe have to take a little break for a minute. Yeah. But, uh, no, thanks a lot. Thank you all. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Till next time. Till next Go time. Go fast. Make good decisions. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening to Cow Horse. Full contact. Please like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram to stay tuned for future episodes.